This is Hard Parking, brought to you by Wright Honda and Wright Toyota out of Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Jay Finning, sitting in Gilbert, Arizona. It's where, it's where I live. I brought this up last time. This is the last episode of the year, the last episode of 2022. Hopefully, those of you who celebrate Christmas have, have had a Merry Christmas. Had a good time. People came over. We are, and I've, I've said this before, we are that house. So family, friends, more so family, less friends, come over. Finally got our table back. Uh, a few months ago, I think I had mentioned very briefly that we'd paid a lot of money for a table. The table arrived and it had some craftsmanship issues, some finishing issues, like some basic stuff. Like you shouldn't be able to run your hand across the top of this wood table and feel like the, I don't know, I want to call it, I don't want to call it varnish, but whatever the finish is called, the name escapes me now, but you, you could feel the bubbles the bubble burst in the finish. You shouldn't do that. And then it was a little uneven. Some parts of it were rough. Some parts of it were smooth. And it just it just didn't look good. A lot of pinholes in it and stuff like that. Sent some emails back to the lady who made it out of Minnesota. We had this back and forth with her. She's kind of rude, like real defensive. You know, I, I watch this channel called Blacktail Studios. If you guys don't know what that is, good. But if you're curious, go to Blacktail Studios on YouTube. It's a guy out of Portland. He makes all this wood stuff, these tables and things. And he is fucking, he's amazing. And it's weird because it's its kind of boring to watch. But at the same time, it's fascinating on what this guy does with this stuff. And he's got like well over 2 million followers. And he's just, the problem with his page is he does shit so well. He sets that level of expectation for consumers. And, you know, my wife has watched it with me and she's like, oh, we should have him do our table. I'm like, yeah, he's probably three years out and he's probably very expensive. Granted, we paid like almost 12 grand for our table. Cost almost three grand to refinish. Not out of our pocket, out of the maker's pocket. But a table like that sets an unrealistic expectation, I think, for us. Because otherwise I wouldn't know what to look for. Because my wife, she didn't even know. I'm like, oh, that's weird. It's got this and that and that and this. She's like, really? I was like, yeah, it's not supposed to be like that. Oh, yeah, you're right. What the hell? And she's a bitch, too. You know, that's just before we got it fixed. But, you know, they, they stood behind their work at the end of the day. Probably thought we were trying to, to scam them because, again, they're across the country. I guess before I continue, I should tell you guys about 4Wheel Online, who've re-upped for next year. Thank you. For over a decade, 4Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. I should do this, like, in a commercial voice. We are dedicated, oh wait, they are dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. Looking for a wheel and tire package? Head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheel and tires, so go get outfitted today. Visit them online at 4wheelonline, that's 4, like the like one, two, three, four, like the digit, wheel online. Or call them at 813-769-2451. Again, that's 813-769-2451. If you or anyone you've known has worked in... I'm just, just kidding. Anyway. Coming up on today's show, what the hell is Boxing Day? Some of you may know. I didn't know. Have a few observations that I keep pushing to the end of the year. I'm going to bring those up. And we're going to jump into a little bit of car news. So let's just jump right into it. So obviously, this being the time of the year, the holidays, there's a lot of traffic out there, crazy traffic. And there's this thing. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine, maybe a pet peeve of yours. Maybe you do this to other people, so you better watch your back. And I don't think it's a Midwest thing, Southwest thing, Southern, Northern thing, Eastern thing. It's just a thing. 
people who don't wave when you let them in. So if you're going to a parking lot and it's bumper to bumper and someone's trying to get out of their parking spot and they're trying to join the main, the main river of cars so they can either get to the next door or get the hell out of there. Merging traffic, blinker, no blinker. And you let them in, like you decide to be the one who slows down and let them in and they don't wave at you. That's rude. That's very rude. I always wave at people. They let me in. I wave up. And we're not talking like flick them off wave, but just like, yeah, thanks. You know, you don't have to honk. Some people like flash their lights because they're too cool to wave. You know, that makes me think an observation that I made. And I may have brought it up before, but it's this thing that, and this is a, I don't know if it's a black people, white people thing. Black male, white male thing. But when you're out, it's like when you see, like brothers do this thing where you don't say what's up to people. You just kind of do this head nod, but you go up like, what's up? What's up? What's up? That's it. But you don't say it. You just kind of look at each other and do this like like half, half head nod. But then white people, you do this thing where you kind of do your head down, almost like you're tipping your, like a like a cowboy hat. Everybody do that. You know what I'm talking about. Just do it to yourself. You kind of nod down as a nod of a, maybe you like their other car. Like you're in like two guys in trucks. Like pickup trucks always do this. If you're driving a truck and a person's driving another truck, you kind of give each other that eye contact and get that little head nod. Like as you were, much respect. You're good to go on your way. And brothers are always like, sup, sup. Anyway, that made me think about you know, what people, they flash their lights or they wave. Sorry, I kind of went on a tangent there. Another thing is about the holidays. We always host. I've said that before. And this doesn't happen all the time. But it's something more so this year that I've noticed. Because, you know, it's, it's really my wife's the reason why everyone comes over. And I, I enjoy people coming over to the house. I don't not enjoy people coming to the house. But there's this thing. Like, I love my alcohol. And I like to share it with, with people. But I, I have, you know, it's like I almost have to qualify that you're worthy of it in a weird way. So if, if I have some really fine tequila and you come over to my house or you bring somebody and they're like, oh, yeah, they like they like to drink. They don't really know what they like, though. They just kind of like everything. I kind of give them the side eye like, okay, you're not quite sure what you like. And I start asking questions. Well, what do you drink? What do you, what do you drink when you go out? You're like, Jack? Jack and Coke? Well, I don't know. I just like whatever, you know. Sometimes I just get like a, a – I just say, give me a whiskey. I'm like, what do you mean give me a whiskey? This isn't a Western where they just, because every Western, they walk into the saloon. What are you having? I'll get a, I'll, let me, let me get a whiskey. There's no such thing as a whiskey now. There's just like, which one of these 60 whiskeys behind me would you like? So I kind of break them in like really, okay, this is what, I ask them what they like to find out what their flavor, the, <laughs> to find out what their flavor profile is. Because I think liquors, just like beers are broken down into in flavor profiles. I like this because it's similar to this. I like that because it's similar to this. Wes Tankersley knows. Wes is a rye guy. So I know he likes more rye. I mean, he, he drinks everything, right? But if you if you if you name three, two liquors that I know are heavy in rye, then I know what your flavor profile is. I know you like rye forward things. Sweet things, smoky things. But enough about the whiskey. I'm going to talk about beer. My observation is this, especially for the holidays. People come to my house and drink all my beer, and I'm not allowed to complain. We make a lot of money, more so than 
some, not as much as others. But it's like, like when you go to a party, you always bring something. Bring a bag of chips, hot sauce, something to pass. When my wife and I go, we go to someone's party, we're invited, we're like, all right, well, let's go to the store, let's get something to drink. I'm like, yeah, they're going to have plenty of stuff to drink. We can bring stuff stuff, but there's going to be a month. And, and you ask them, what do you want? What should we bring? Oh, don't bring anything. You still have to bring something. That's just what you do. But we always end up going and we get like a six pack of beer. Like if we're hosting, we bring a 12 and whatever else. But when we go to someone else's place, it's like, what do you want to drink? What do you want to drink? I'm sitting there thinking in my head, okay, it's I, you like to drink this. I like to drink that. We're going to go buy you a 375 of vodka and we're going to get me a six pack of this. When was the last time you drank a whole bottle of vodka at someone's party, right? That's was the last like, fucking week. Usually I'm not slamming six beers at any given time. I might drink a beer or two or three. I don't think I've ever had four beers at someone's house unless it's like you go over there to watch the game, right? It's different. If you're just going over for a couple hours, you know, Christmas party, New Year's party, something, probably not drinking a six pack of beer. And if you are, yeah, sketchy. But my complaint is people come to my house and drink all my fucking beer. It's got bad enough to where I have hidden, like I got the, the spotted cows that my friend Jake brought me from Wisconsin. And you can only get that in Wisconsin, nowhere else. And I hadn't had it since 2017. At NS Expo this year, he brought me Spotted Cow, a 12-pack. Bless his heart. And I milked that bitch. We just drank the last couple cans this last week. And I reluctantly gave them out. Because what I would do is I always I would hide them in the pantry. I told my mother-in-law, I said, Mom, I don't not put these in the fridge. These are my beers. I don't get to drink them. Can't get them here. She's like, okay, cool. So then every once in a while, I'll take like one can out. And I'll shove it in the back of the beer fridge. We have a beer fridge, one of those beer and wine fridges. And then when it's ready, it's cold. I reach back there and grab it, drink it. I made the mistake of putting like the last three in there. My wife was like, hey, where's my beer? I'm like, fuck. Right here, honey. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. If I don't like it, you can drink it. Okay, because I, I literally just opened one, so I guess I'll be double fisting. My son comes over. I don't mind sharing stuff with him because he kind of likes those, those things. He doesn't know much about beer, but I've got him like hooked on liquor. And so I, I at least he's not going to waste my time. So it's going to be good. Yeah, it's good. He had a sip. I don't know if he liked it or not. I bought some 805s. We like those too. But anyway, now my fridge, all it has in it is Dos Equis, like one or two cans left and a bunch of Topo Chico's, which I love Topo Chico ranch water. The regular Topo Chico seltzers I can't really drink anymore. They're just too sweet. I liked them at first, and now after drinking Topo Chico Ranch Water, I can't really fuck with them. But that's all our fridge is, that and, and cans of carbonated water that I drink. But, again, we've hosted, we've had parties over here, and there are empty rows in the beer cooler because my brother-in-law never brings anything over. My son, when he brings stuff over, brought me Topo Chico, but didn't bring over Dos Equis, and he probably will next time, especially if he listens to this episode. Mario, my daughter's baby's... Daddy, he comes over and drinks all my beer, and he, he never brings, they never bring shit. Drinks all my goddamn beer, man. I had Voodoo Ranger, Hazy IPA, and I'm just sitting there watching him drink like two, three, four. And I can't say anything because I get yelled at by my wife. Oh, my God, just shut up. 
Just don't just so just go buy some more. Yeah, just saying, man. It's like it's my beer. This is an interesting episode. It is the last episode of the year, like I said earlier. Speaking of holidays again, everyone wears the same pajamas for the most part. And I know it's a holiday tradition. We never did that in my house growing up, but I had a really small family. It was just my brother, my mother, my father, myself. And every Christmas we would open like a gift on maybe two on Christmas Eve and everything else on Christmas Day. Maybe it was the other way around. Maybe we'd open most of our gifts. Well, that's what we do. We'd open one present before church. We'd go to church, come home, open the rest of our gifts. And then the next morning, wake up, we'd have like one or two gifts on Christmas Day. People do that differently. Sometimes people do everything on Christmas Day, blah, 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 whatever. Point is, we didn't do like the, the pajamas thing. But I had an observation because I'm looking around on social media and, you know, we don't do Christmas cards. We did one years ago. It's our first year without Izzy in like 14 years, by the way. We don't do Christmas cards but we get them in the mail and I like when we get them, but at the same time I feel bad because we don't send them out. But you look on social media and you see all the people posting on Instagram and Facebook and social media posts have replaced the the traditional Christmas card. And it makes it so easy. You know, you, you take the photo, you post it immediately. Everybody can see what you're doing. You don't have to order prints and stuff them in envelopes, mail them out. So if you want to send me a Christmas card, you can cool. Or you can just tag me on social media. <laughs> I'm done talking about the holidays. have a couple more things, though. Got a text message the other day that asked me about an opportunity that I will announce in the next few weeks that I've accepted. And they send it from an Android. So the good thing about getting a text message as an iPhone user from an Android user, as far as I know, is I can read it, and they have no idea if I've read it yet. Because with iPhones, it says read. And they may not have read it, but they may have looked at it. My wife says, I didn't see it. And I go, I saw you read it. I mean, I saw it come in, but I didn't really like read it. Okay, but I saw you looked at it. You know, with this, I can see it come in. I'm looking at it like, hmm, that's a good opportunity. Do I want that? Do I want to do this, this thing I'm being offered? What does it entail? And I think about it, think about it, think about it. And finally, like an hour later, I responded, uh, yeah, what's this entail? And they responded, and I go, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, we can do it. But I like that. That's the only time I like getting a text message from a non-iPhone user. Is that I can just sit on it and think to myself, huh. Should I respond? One more thing before we get to Boxing Day and get to the car news. And I've had this thought for a long time, and it's very social media driven. And I often wonder, because some of you may be guilty of this, I don't have the time to do this. I always wonder, am I just being lazy or am I breaking some sort of a code that I don't know about? But when you send someone a message like, hey, I appreciated you coming out. Good seeing you. And they like your message with a heart, but they use a specific color heart. Like people will pick a black heart or blue heart, but not a red heart, which is the default heart. Why, why, do, why do people do that? Podcast at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram. Let me know. Why do people go through the trouble of setting a custom color? Like, what's up with that? I want to know. You know, many years ago, I don't know, two years ago, I'd often wondered, you know, you send someone a message and they give you a, a thumbs up, like a like. Does that mean, okay, buddy, whatever, or shut the fuck up, or I got you. You know, it's, it's one of those things. 
And I never really knew that because I hate it when people do that to me. Like, hey, it'd be cool if we can do this. And they just boop, give you a thumbs up. It's like, oh, okay. Not, hey, man, yeah, that would be cool. We'll figure it out. But what's up with this? What's up with the special hearts? Why not just do the red heart? Somebody tell me. I'm dying to know. So I've been looking into this Boxing Day. What happened was this morning, I'm recording this on, today is Boxing Day, which is December 26th. The day after Christmas, obviously you're going to get this December 27th since everybody technically has this day off. Most people have this day off as a holiday, which is why I didn't drop this, this podcast episode because like nobody listens to it. But I got an email about Boxing Day shopping. I was like, what the fuck is Boxing Day? So I decided to look it up. Some of you may know, some of you may not know. Apparently it's been going on for years. So according to history.com, the idea is that December 26th was, was the day centuries ago when the lords of the manor and aristocrats typically distributed Christmas boxes, often filled with small gifts, money and leftovers from Christmas dinner to their household servants and employees who were required to work on, on December 25th in recognition of good service throughout the year. These boxes were, in essence, holiday bonuses. So I know that like the United States doesn't really celebrate this. Canada does. It's become a statutory holiday. According to your project, Britain, like Christmas Day, Boxing Day is a public holiday. This means typically not a working day in, in all of Britain. I think the same thing with Canada. So essentially, Boxing Day was created to help the poor and less fortunate, which I think is awesome. And now it's turned into some sort of like a more of like a shopping day. That's what it is now, at least. That was boring. I'm sorry. Let's get into some card news. So this should come as no shocker. According to carscoops.com and like 50 other car-related news outlets, Toyota CEO says silently majority of auto industry is doubting EV-only future. Why silently? I guess because it goes against the grain and you don't want to be on the wrong side of history. But there's no way that everything that we think, everyone thinks of the same general things at the same time. And just because you're in a position of power or a position of influence doesn't mean you don't think of the same things. So if you and I are questioning, how is this possible that we're going to go to full EV by 2035 when we don't we lack the infrastructure? And like I said before, when we talk about this at nauseum, the infrastructure does not exist to support fast charging. There are no federally mandated, globally mandated charging. We're gonna we're gonna break this down to the most remedial building blocks here. It's like when you get a remote control car and it takes three AAA batteries for the remote and four AA batteries for the car, you know that, right? You know every time you buy something like that, a remote control car, a remote control, a little battery-powered anything, it's going to use AAA or AA. Rare do you even see 9-volt batteries anymore. Almost nobody does D-cell or C-cell anymore. Like you hardly ever see it. So until the automotive industry adopts that, no matter what you buy, it's going to be one of these three batteries. Then this is, this, it's not going to work. Not the way they want it to. And you're not just going to eradicate all internal combustion vehicles, which you, you will see referred to as ICE, internal combustion engine. I'm not trying to be counter, you know, progress here. I'm not trying to be the person that says, you're not going to take my car away Hell, I see the writing on the wall. I drive a I drive a hybrid now, a hybrid supercar. Because I know at some point my old NSX is going to be illegal. 
And there's things you can do to change it. But I mean, the thing had straight pipes on it. That's illegal in a lot of states. But because it's a collector car, I don't have to get it. I don't. Have to, I didn't have to take it to the Arizona DOT to run emissions on it. But the writing was on the wall. Let me read some of this. Toyota Chief Executive Akio Toyoda. It's funny, his last name is Toyoda. T-O-Y-O-D-A. Toyoda claims that he is among the silent majority, air quotes, of those in the automotive industry questioning whether electric vehicles are the only way forward. While recently speaking with reporters in Thailand, Toyota once again reiterated the belief that the best way forward is to develop a host of different powertrain technologies, including hybrids, plug-in hybrids, hydrogen-powered, and battery electric vehicles. This comes despite the fact that many of the world's largest car manufacturers have already committed to all electric futures. I hear what he's saying, and I agree. The hydrogen thing was tried, and it didn't work, and now people are doing it again, and I think it's starting to work. Electric cars are not new. Was it this year or or last year when Jamie would come on? Jamie Red Goodman, and we had Jamie's cars, Red's cars of the weird. We had the Leouf. I think it's what it was, a Leouf. A French, I think it was French, maybe it was German. Leouf, that's definitely French. Leouf electric car. And it was like from 1963. It was this tiny little egg thing. All electric. So people have been doing this EV stuff for a while. They just haven't got it to catch on. And now it's catching on. But I still think we have a long ways to go. And we, I mean, cobalt. My son was bringing up this whole thing with cobalt. You know, we used to have the blood diamond. And now they have like the cobalt thing where they're slaves. And people are getting worked to mine cobalt. Which I guess is a very... It's very sloppy of me to say this without doing the research, but I guess it's a very, very vital component of the batteries that we use in the cars. So there's got to be other ways. So basically you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You guys know that analogy, right? You take from one to pay off another, although it's still hurting the one. And I think maybe we're robbing Peter to pay Paul when we're doing this whole ozone thing and this waste thing and fossil fuels thing. If the future of EVs is even worse or just as bad on the planet as burning all the fossil fuels right now. I don't know. I'm not an environmentalist. I'm very reckless in thinking, hey, if I'm dead, who gives a shit? But I'm not trying to destroy the world, but I'm not dying on that sort of conservationism so that my great, 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 great grandkids have a world where they don't have to walk around in some sort of an oxygen bubble. Or they're, or they're going to get sick and die. Shit happens. I'll be long gone. So he does say, people involved in the auto industry are largely a silent majority. This is what he says. That silent majority is wondering whether EVs are really okay to have as a single option. But they think it's the trend, so they can't speak out loudly. The right answer is still unclear. We shouldn't limit ourselves to just one option. Right. It's basically what I just said. And he's right. But it's like, you don't want to be on the wrong side. There's always this stuff going on. You don't want to be on the wrong side of history. So either take a stance out loud or you just keep your mouth shut and go with the flow. All the while secretly not really liking what's going on. It's kind of the, uh, it's like a microcosm of our society, is it not? That's a microcosm of human beings in history, is it not? That Prius looks good though. Been a lot of buzz recently about the 2024 Acura ZDX car and driver. And everybody else is showing 
the new Acura EV. It's hard to tell what it actually looks like. For once, I see a car wrapped up where you really can't tell what the hell it's going to look like. So we saw this in Monterey, but it wasn't this. So Monterey was the like a ZDX concept. I'm looking at the concept now on Car and Driver because I couldn't remember exactly what it looked like. And the vehicle that is wrapped so well, you still can't tell what it looks like. It isn't quite the same, but we kind of knew that. Don't really have a lot to say about this car. Um, I think it'll be cool, maybe. I mean, it's just another EV. I just, we just got done talking about what the what Toyota of Toyota thinks about the future of EV. He didn't really say it's terrible. He's just saying, I'm not quite sure we should only look at one solution. But the concept never quite looks like the production, or rather, the production never quite looks like the concept. Just ask all you Toyota Super people who hated the new Super after seeing the FT1. FT1 concept, I'll add. But I think as more come out about this vehicle this next year, uh, then maybe we could talk about it. Maybe I'll get somebody on here who knows a little bit more about it than I do. My wife wants to buy a new SUV or, or a car, but right now we're not really targeting anything like this. It wouldn't be anything brand new. This is slated to arrive in 2024. Midsize SUV built on GM's Ultium battery platform. So we'll see. And that is the car news. You know, I don't even remember if I had, if I said this the last episode, maybe I did, maybe I should go back and listen to it, but I did go see Adam Carolla. He was in town. My wife and I went to go see the live taping of the Adam Carolla show. Um, and again, I apologize if I said this on the last episode, I don't feel like going back and checking, but I was listening to the recording the next, like the following week, like that Tuesday. And it sounded like shit. I would gladly edit that for free. Like, hey, Adam, let me be your on-the-road audio guy. Send me your files and I'll edit it for free. But, you know, he's supposed to come back on the podcast, but I don't know. I'm sure we can get it done. I always have a list of things I want to talk to him about. But the guy talks so much about life. You know, it's like, how do you find what you want to really talk to them about that they haven't already said a million times over? But I think the real the way to approach that is if he and I are just sitting on a sitting on the dock fishing, what's the conversation? And go from there. That's that's usually how I try to approach you know, interviewing or having conversations with celebrities. But for someone like him that's been doing it for so long, and I know he's been on the show before, we only had what, 13, 14 shitty minutes with his cell connection. And then I had to edit probably a minute of that out because it was just going in and out so bad I couldn't recreate the the context of the conversation. But hopefully we can get that going here in the in the new year. And if not, it I mean, you know, I don't want to be that guy that kind of forced stuff. I mean, I know it's I'm not some sort of a, a reporter trying to get the the scoop. And I am fortunate to have small talk with people like that every once in a while. But I want to get more people in studio. I want to get back to that. We did that in Lot 21. I think I said that last episode, too. <laughs> you know, I never know what I say between you guys and the Patreon. The Patreons get their own, like, private episodes sometimes, too. But you guys get the long stuff. But I got to go get dinner. So I want to thank Right Honda, Right Toyota, Scottsdale, Arizona, FullWheelOnline.com, and Sell Shop Wireless Services. Patreon business supporter, Kui Automotive, out of Wingard, Florida, Pell Construction, out of Calvary, Michigan, Big House, Small Home Design, out of Asperger, Virginia, and Traverse City. Westgate Exotic Cars and Rentals out of Glendale, Arizona, and Shaping Success with the West Tankersley out of Star, Idaho. 
By the way, catch myself and Wes Tangersley every Wednesday on Instagram Live as we do One Drink Wednesday, 7 o'clock Pacific time. If you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, join the Patreons for as little as $3 a month to get access, get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. Show swag. Special shout out to Mark Stolman, Catherine Cox, Eddie Ramos, Richard Graves, Byron Jones, Bo Jung, Alex Gamina, and Drew Bunkin. Make sure you tell all your friends about hardparkingpod.com. You know, I can't grow that you guys tell them the world how good this show is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Have a tremendous New Year's. Please be safe. I need all of you back next year. And we will continue to do this and grow this thing together. Shut up! <laughs> now it's stripping time. Ain't nobody got time for that.